Hello and welcome to another edition of the AT and WB podcast. I am your host, Chris Booker Taylor. Today we'll be going over the Space Jam two com- or the Space Jam commercials. There are two of them from back in the early '90s, so 1992, 1993, the Super Bowl commercials where uh, Michael Jordan first met Bugs Bunny and formed a very special Casablanca-like bond, which we'll get deeper into later. So for this specific podcast, for the Nike Air Jordan commercials, which I think are just called like Hair Jordan Commercial 1 and Hair Jordan Commercial 2, I wanted to get someone on who knew what they were talking about when it came to the Looney Tunes. And I wanted to get a Looney Tunes expert, a local Looney Tunes expert. So I thought, what no better than the person who just asked me onto his podcast to talk about Scoob and the Warner Synergy within Scoob. And that is the host of a podcast completely devoted to all things Looney Tunes. The podcast is entitled, Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. And the host is Jonathan Graves. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, thank you, Chris, for having me. And yes, my podcast, um, Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast, is available everywhere you can download a podcast, and I talk nothing but Looney Tunes. And it's pretty awesome. Um, I was so lucky to be on it on the last episode, where we discussed the Scoob and how it related to the greater Warner fandom, which was a lot of fun. Yes, and I had a blast talking about that movie and reviewing it for our listeners as well as discussing the broader scope of what they're trying to do over there at the Warner Animation Group and building a bigger universe within the Hanna-Barbera library that they currently own. Yeah, and I think I think they're moving forward uh, very well. Actually, I heard an interview recently with Tony. It's more fun to say Tony Cervoni. I don't know if it's Tony Cervone. Uh, but I didn't know he, he actually directed earlier Scooby-Doo, uh, like straight to DVD. Uh, films and yeah I found that out as well yeah and specifically he he said and I'm not going to remember it now but um, you're talking about the uh, like the robotic scoop that was in the movie and like or in the like earlier sketches for the film and also um, or like the like the leaked it was leaked artwork right or originally I didn't see any leaked artwork I was just going off of the original uh, synopsis and uh, plot layout that they had released okay. along with the logo of the uh, the movie. That's right. And then uh, each uh, and Scoob was like S dot C dot O dot O dot B dot. So like stood for something. And they said that they had a term for what it stood for. And it was like the Society of and Bureau of to Catch Otherworldly Beings. I don't know. I added a, I don't know, something like that. I feel like I actually got kind of close to what it actually is. But um, yes, I I thought that was really interesting. But then he said that we didn't have a plan for that in the script at all. That was like an idea. It was probably an idea some like producer came up with like, oh, why don't we do initials for scoop? And then they never actually put it into the movie script whatsoever. According to that interview, it was pretty interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. um, I, well, Obviously, some ideas from that initial synopsis were translated into the final product because you had Dino Mutt, who was a robot dog, and just a lot of relationships between animals and and uh, their owners. And yeah, um, that's true. It's yeah. an inter- interesting process for that movie went through. That's true. Dino, Dino there is a robotic dog in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of dog um, human. Uh, relationships in that film it's pretty interesting also uh hbo max was released on the 27th a couple days ago and i actually found that uh everyone's watching friends i guess on it if you're (laughs) if if you uh, like manage to even bother downloading hbo max figuring out like your credentials to get in (laughs) and if you can if you can uh, get in at all and in general yeah, there was a slight issue downloading the app on the PlayStation just because of the launch timing. But once it got downloaded, uh, it has some bugs. But overall, uh, the main bugs I'm interested in is the rabbit. So I was <laughs> yes. able to find him pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, I've um, I've done ex- I've done some exploring on the app. I haven't dived too deep into it yet, but uh, I'm excited um, as a platform all on its own. 
and uh, how it will compete with the other studios uh streaming services out there definitely it's great and you can see it has a lot of the old shorts on it too looney tunes shorts there's it's a ton of them i don't know i don't know how big the library actually is compared to like the old dvds or like the official list of all of the shorts but it seems like they have a fair amount well it's really funny because i was looking at doing research strictly on the platform. And so I wouldn't have to go back to my DVDs. And then when I saw the library that they had uploaded at this moment in time, I know that they're going to keep adding to it. But uh, from what I could tell, there's about 35 shorts of the classics. And there's, I, I want to say at least 40, 40 to 45 on the DV, on a single DVD. So I have a lot more at my disposal if I move to my old, you know, physical media collection. Wow. Okay. Definitely found the Looney Tunes section, uh, which is cool. It's separate from the Cartoon Network section, which is separate from the Adult Swim section, which is separate from like, I don't know, there's there's other things. I think Crunchyroll has its own thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Studio Ghibli. Yeah, which is crazy. That's one of the things that they've like not acquired, but that they're like they're licensing out they're renting out as studio ghibli and then there's uh like doctor who and south park i think those are like the three big things that aren't actually theirs uh Mm. this is like third up now third up space jam 2 news uh it's been a hot minute since we've had a news episode of this podcast and in that time lebron james took to instagram and twitter and posted a video it's actually a boomerang of himself revealing the title of space jam 2 on his hat It zooms in and out to reveal Space Jam, a new legacy. And it should be noted that when the the video was actually mirrored when he like did it. So Warner Brothers had to release like an updated version of the video that's flipped and proper. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) I did not. um, I haven't seen the mirrored one, but I really enjoyed the reveal. I thought it was a clever uh, tie in and obviously you want your star to be in it. And I thought uh, that that was a really nice way to do it. And also I want that hat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really beautiful logo. It's like the, I guess the two A's in space and jam, like kind of form one a, and then they mm-hmm. have like the circles around it. And the circles look like the background of like the Looney tunes. And, right. Uh, but then they also look like a, like a hoop, like basketball. So it's like a really, it's pretty ingenious, I feel like, actually. It's a really neat logo. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I love the title, the subtitle, um, A New Legacy. I think that also is going to apply to the plot of the film, but also, you know, it, it's for a new generation. So yes. it's uh, it's fitting. Absolutely. And I think of this as, like, I kind of still think of, like, Back in Action as a weird sequel to uh, Space Jam. So, I, like, in, like... In a weird way, I do think of this as the third of these movies. Oh, I, I, I disagree. I don't think you should think of that as a sequel. I think uh, Back in Action is its own thing entirely. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally understand that in that, like, a Joe Dante hated Space Jam <laughs> with, right. with a passion. It makes sense. And it's interesting now that, like, Warner is embracing Space Jam so hardcore, obviously because of the generations of, like, the kids who grew up with Space Jam now are old enough to make their own with LeBron James. Well, and that was the last franchise that these characters showed up in that actually made them money. So they obviously wanted to go back to something that was profitable. It made a lot of money too. I think it made just south of 500 million worldwide, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And also you're not including the tie-ins and the products and the, the product placement and the, tie-ins with the restaurants the mcdonald's toys the you know everything that went along with that but also the uh action figures and stuff like that oh yeah yeah they had those like plush uh figures mm-hmm. that i get with the i think those were at mcdonald's and then they had the little they, were? they had the little happy meals toys and they just re-released the bugs bunny one i think in november for like a mcdonald's I don't know. It's I don't know what it was. It was some celebration for McDonald's. Yeah, I think there was like an anniversary of like the first Happy Meal toy or something like that. So they did a retro um, release of classic toys. I have the transformable hamburger in my car, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, that was probably, I mean, that's that's probably the most classic, I feel like, out of all mm-hmm. of them. I don't know why. I feel like they re-released that one, like, like every couple of years. I'm not sure. They might. I don't eat at McDonald's enough to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely, like, from the generation who grew up on Space Jam. Like, I, I was explaining your podcast. I've explained it a little here. Like, the first... Um, movie that i saw in theaters was who framed roger rabbit so that framed my mind of how i saw uh like warner and disney as these two like juggernauts battling it out at the cinema like every couple of years and like they they both had like equal things and then when when disney bought marvel i was like well yeah uh, like obviously like warner has dc comics so it just like that made that made too much sense to me when that happened <laughs> That's true. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. There, there is a parallel there. And also, speaking of Who Framed Roger Rabbit and that specific scene, you also have Bob Hoskins, who's a live action player, in that scene with those two animated icons, and the the notion that we would have again live action and animated characters interacting uh, with you know, within these uh, commercials that we're about to talk about is very fitting for Warner Brothers to do. And uh, and then that translated into Space Jam. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like Michael Jordan was like one of the most popular people, like arguably he, you could say he was like the most popular person of the 90s. I mean, like, I, I like Michael Jackson, I guess they're all Michaels who are popular in the mid 90s. <laughs> uh, but specifically Michael Jordan, I mean, he completely blew up. And at at one point, like he was selling uh, like Air Jordans, and they wanted to make commercials, and uh, that's where we get Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan colliding. The first time that Bugs and Jordan ever hit the court was in 1992 in the commercials from Super Bowls 26 and 27. As I said, for what else, Nike Air Jordans. Well, uh, one of the interesting things I found out through this through these show notes was actually that these commercials were Super Bowl commercials. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that they were national commercials just on their own. I had no idea that there was a tie-in with the Super Bowl uh, during the uh, 1991 and 1992 seasons, or 92 and 93, rather. But uh, the 93 one, I actually remember watching on TV. Uh, the 92 one was all new to me. Oh, wow. Um, but I, re- I definitely remember the the technique of like showing Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny really shrunken down and in the hand of an alien. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, whenever they're, you know, playing basketball against Marvin the Martian, it, it really st- struck a chord with me and has uh, stayed in my mind for this long. So it did something right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Completely. I think like, first of all, I mean, did, did, did they make you buy Air Jordans though? I guess that's the biggest question. <laughs> my entire life, I've always felt a need to own Nike. <laughs> so it uh, it definitely made an imprint. For sure, yeah. And they, they, they actually released like Space Jam, like 20th anniversary sneakers a couple of years ago, I guess in mm-hmm. 2016. And they were, they were like really cool looking because they were like black and purple. They're just like awesome looking sneakers. Nice. And so, yeah, so in this first commercial, uh, Bugs is awakened by guys playing basketball over at his borough home. Bugs appears out of the hole through a convenient manhole in the court. He gets beat up and then uh, puts on his Nike Air Jordans, turning into Hair Jordan, a superhero capable of defeating the bad guys. Uh, Putting on the shoes, also called Air Jordans, the superhero uh, Michael Jordan appears. They then beat up everyone, and at the end of the commercial, Bugs quotes the Warner Brothers movie Casablanca and says, this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And obviously, it's the same uh, shot as well. Right, with them walking away on the court. I think that that was serendipitous that they chose that line to be at the end of this first commercial, just because <laughs> it was <laughs> it yeah. was a beautiful friendship. And um, one that has stayed with fans, I think, since the 90s. Because there's a lot of reverence for this relationship. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure if you ask someone from our generation who's Michael Jordan's best friend, you'll get like Scottie Pippen, uh, maybe Dennis Rodman, uh, maybe Tony Kukoc. No, you would get like Bugs <laughs> Bunny in there above. Definitely Tony Kukoc. I can tell you that. <laughs> Top three, for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, obviously like the hair Jordan pun is super corny as is there was a what's up jock print ad 
And this is all from creative director Jim Riswold at Whedon and Kennedy. He created the campaign, most likely hinging on these corny puns. So just think, <laughs> if these puns did not exist, the, this juggernaut movie would have not existed and changing the lives of mid-80s and early 90s childhoods forever. Well, I love a good corny pun. Oh, yeah, of course, especially from Bugs Bunny. Yes, and and the title, just the Hair Jordan alone is just really great. Oh, of course. So obviously there was a follow-up commercial one year later for, as you were saying, Super Bowl twenty-seven in 1993. Now, it's funny. I don't remember who played these Super Bowls, and I didn't write it down in the notes because I didn't feel like it was that important. <laughs> Uh, but again, like you were saying, the, these probably these obviously were Super Bowl commercials. But then, probably you know, it's the, I think this next commercial is two and a half minutes long, so they probably cut it up into different bits, like thirty second, fifteen second bits, and then aired it throughout the year. So I bet you something that you watched in particular had that like the hand moment. Like oh, so, you've got to, yeah, that that's that's probably nailing it right on the head. That's that's probably what I saw. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking like 1993, like if you're watching Nickelodeon a lot, like I th- I'm pretty sure like Ren and Stimpy, like the, the, the Nickelodeon, the Nicktoons block has premiered by then. Rugrats, Doug and Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, no, for sure. And I was watching a lot of cartoons back in the early 90s. So I probably yeah. caught it on a numerous, you know, a number amount of those channels. Yeah. In this commercial, uh, they use a lot more, they utilize a lot more Looney Tunes from the cart, from the vault like a lot more of the characters Uh, marvin the martian is in this one he steals all of the air jordans and bugs bunny and michael jordan pop out of a dug hole in the middle of space thinking they've arrived at pebble beach for a game of friendship golf there they find marvin and demand the shoes back Uh, they then play basketball against a bunch of beaked martians and win bugs makes uh, third wall breaking jokes and it's great it's wonderful it's a wonderful commercial it is, and I love that we get the hero bugs in this. We have the personality of him coming to save the day alongside Michael Jordan. We That's have right. the classic antagonist in Marvin the Martian and his team of Martians that are built up by just adding water. That's, yes, so good. <laughs> and just the entire premise is really strong. I, I love every second of this. They did a really good job not only animating and bringing these characters to life, but you also have... Uh, just really great talent behind the scenes and with uh, Michael Jordan doing a lot of really wacky things. He doesn't, he's not as wacky in Space Jam as he is in this commercial. Cause like here you have him actually chewing on a carrot saying, <laughs> what's up doc. Uh, you do have, um, oh, I think it's in the first commercial. You have bugs saying, of course, you know, this means war. Perfect. Oh, and uh, which is, which is a call out that I always, you know, have to hone in on. Cause I'm, I, named my podcast after that and uh and yeah just like the way michael jordan and bugs bunny play off each other is really strong here so this second commercial is just a home run Uh, it's 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 perfect and it takes place in space which is definitely the reason why they like went with the space and space jam and they talk about golfing and you see michael jordan golf (laughs) that's where he gets taken yeah it's it's really the precursor like they took this nucleus and they just like spread it out into what is it it's probably like an hour and like 17 minutes i don't know how long space jam actually is definitely less than two hours um of 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 greatness of of bill murray of michael jordan and bugs bunny all together slightly out of character most of them not bill murray (laughs) (laughs) Bill Murray's just doing his own thing. Yeah. The worst voice in the movie for me is Pepe Le Pew. I feel like he doesn't sound like Pepe at all. But I mean, I feel like everyone else nails their voices in the Space Jam movie. Yeah, I really like Herbie and Birdie, uh, the two mice that do the announcing voice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They start out as their their squeaky voices, and then they clear their throats, and then they become these deeper, uh, more gravitas baritone uh, voices to announce the game just really fun that's really great oh I mean, yeah you were saying at the end of this uh commercial uh bugs turns into super bugs it reminds me that uh in back in action doesn't uh daffy turn into duck dodgers he's like i wish i had duck dodgers right now oh wait i am him <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i just love that so much same and uh i yeah i i really enjoy uh anytime the looney tunes are on the big screen so i have a fondness for for space jam and 
these shorts because these uh, there's these short commercials that allowed uh, the creatives to you know get their mind racing on how to how to bring these beloved and cherished characters to a new audience and you know the Looney Tunes themselves haven't been in theaters at this point for I want to say forty years because they stopped playing the, the uh, shorts in theaters and they just were on network TV as reruns of the classic cartoons. And just over time, there's been a growth of affection toward them. And uh, that's where we've fallen because there was a resurgence in the nineties. Thanks to who framed Roger Rabbit and a slew of other things that you had Bugs's 50th birthday, where there was also a tie-in commercial where Bugs and uh, his friends are hanging out with um, live action employees at a Hilton hotel. And it's all this Hilton hotel uh, tie-in of them celebrating Bugs's 50th. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up around Astro World uh, in Houston, Texas, and there was a huge Looney Tunes presence there. And so I had all kinds of merchandise that had Looney Tunes stuff on it. And is that uh, a Six Flags or is it that, is? It, yeah, it was a okay. Six Flags, but it wasn't uh, exactly, I guess, a, a huge name as far as like Six Flags goes. Like Six Flags Magic Mountain was like way bigger. Astroworld was kind of like this underground one, but it it had a really strong following. And people in Houston have a real reverence for it. And there's mm. actually talk of them trying to do something with that space right now oh, nice. and bring something back for it. But the license for Looney Tunes was given out for it. And I think this was like so early on, like they couldn't have known that, uh, that it would be as big as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had a groundswell and it grew. And over time, uh, there's actually a really great documentary on YouTube about it. It was the um, the failure of Astroworld or like the, the history of Astroworld and like how it went down. And some of the rides were just like taken apart and shipped out to other places and other amusement parks around the world. Oh, wow. So you can still find like remnants of it. Oh, that's fascinating. It's gone now. So yeah, it's really fascinating, but also really sad. Yeah, yeah. But that was a big part of my childhood. So Looney Tunes have always been there as a, as a part of escapism for me. Yeah. And uh, it all started with these commercials, I think. Oh, yeah. These commercials kept bugs in the limelight, like, throughout the 90s. Like, I I do think that in, like, specifically in the 90s, bugs was a little more popular than Mickey Mouse was. Oh, for sure. And because, like, you had the Hilton commercial, like you're saying, and there's other commercials with Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan that we're not going to do on this episode, but that there will be future episodes about also, like you're saying, Astroworld, uh, like Six Flags had the um, had the Looney Tunes rights for a really long time. And well, and just like the Warner rights, because they had DC Comics as well. Right. Uh, and I assume I think they still have like the rights to it. But like, I don't think Warner owns a stake in any of them anymore. And they do have Warner does have three parks as well outside of the United States. Uh, I think like in like Madrid, Dubai and Australia somewhere. Uh, so again, those I've, I think are going to be like, I want to definitely delve more into those on future episodes as well. Cause I grew up around uh, six flags, great adventure in New Jersey. Oh, okay. So it's in South Jersey. So that, I mean, that is a huge Looney Tunes presence. And it's interesting. Dorney park was like, you know, across the border in Pennsylvania and Dorney park had the Snoopy and peanuts presence. Okay, so that's like the knots here in California. Exactly, yeah. Uh, That's really interesting. And I know that, um, you know, these areas that Looney Tunes had a presence for, there's such a reverence for it. And there's a lot of creative uh, talent that comes from these areas. So I feel like Looney Tunes are to thank for some of that. But um, yeah, I, I always enjoy when these characters can bring joy to kids. And in New Jersey, you had great adventure, um, great adventure. Um, for me, I had Astroworld and Fiesta, Texas. I had two areas for Six Flags Entertainment. And, and isn't that where Six Flags originates too, is Texas. Oh, it does. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cause the Six Flags represent like the Six Flags of Texas. And I don't, I don't know what that means, but I like, maybe you do. Um, pop wow. quiz. I, I actually don't. 
uh, I I do know that there there is a love for flags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like the Texas, the the flag of Texas, like maybe as a right. state, maybe as a country, and then maybe uh-huh. the American flag. Well, the country and the American flag are the same one. Oh, sorry. But well, but I like when when Texas was its own country. Was didn't it have it like a. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I just remember because London has a Texas embassy and it's like a steakhouse now, but it used to be the Texas embassy, I think. Interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's a weird history there. Yeah. Sorry for the <laughs> Texas pop quiz right now. I don't even. <laughs> no worries. I kind of have forgotten all of that. That's very fair. <laughs> <laughs> so merging the. Uh... Oh, I also wanted to bring up the Animaniacs and Freakazoid and all of those tie-ins that you had to early 90s animation, that was also in part thanks to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I believe it was because of that resurgence that we got Bugs Bunny being celebrated for the 50th because he didn't have a big celebration for any of the birthdays before that. Yeah. But it was the, you know, it was the 50th anniversary. Or after that. <laughs> yeah, or after that, um, which I was really, you know, oh, man. Th- there is talk about some celebration for the 80th. So I'm hopeful for this year. I think there's enough, like, I think there there is a snowball that's rolling. I think hopefully, like, uh, like obviously with maybe the help of, like, people like us just fans of warner brothers that keep the ball rolling eric bowza i think he does a really excellent job on twitter like just getting the word out of bugs bunny so i, I don't i think oh, he's the best yeah i love his social media presence and i love his voice uh for for bugs and daffy and these are these iconic characters I, like he's just he's fantastic so good but yeah so uh we believe that it's billy west doing the voice for bugs here uh in these commercials and i really loved how he he felt like bugs in these like he didn't feel like any other character and you know traveling underground with michael jordan yeah that's got to be fun right of course yeah (laughs) without a doubt yeah billy west you know he's he's he is a voice of my childhood same thing with rob paulson who played yakko and pinky like he was just in everything as well yeah for sure joe alaski voiced bugs bunny yes and i think it was it was the earlier voice that took him over for the for those commercials um in Billy West. Uh but I could be wrong. So err on the side of, you know, uh caution there <laughs> with the, this information. <laughs> Cuz it's not yeah, online. It's interesting that the internet doesn't tell us. Uh, maybe somebody will someday. Someone will listen to this and be like, "Oh, I need to set the record straight." Yeah, please do. But we also have other commercials too cuz okay, one more Texas question. What was your like uh, phone provider service in Texas? Uh, it was Sprint at the be- yeah. Whenever I had a a phone. Oh, uh, okay. That's very simple. Cause like back in the day, it was Bell Atlantic for me, but they always competed with MCI. Like, do you remember MCI at all? I don't. They were huge. I think I feel like there was three back in the day, and they might not have been in Texas. They might have only been on like the East Coast. MCI, but there was there was uh, Bell Atlantic, which I think was like Bell South in some areas, and like Bell West. I don't know. Yes, Bell South we had. Yeah, I remember that one. Okay, yeah. So that was Bell Atlantic for me, and then there was Sprint, and I think Sprint was just Sprint everywhere, and then there was MCI. Mm-hmm. I think like MCI is part of Verizon now, but they did seven Bugs Bunny Michael Jordan commercials after Space Jam. So even though Michael Jordan, who said, I never want to do a Space Jam 2, like he basically said what uh, Daniel Craig said after uh, that James Bond movie, like I'd rather slip my wrists, although Daniel Craig did then go do another James Bond movie. Right. And then Michael Jordan went and did these MCI commercials. So I'm trying to say these MCI commercials are the no time to die of the Space Jam universe. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair to say. I did not know that, and I'll have to look yeah, these and up. Yeah, the, you'll love them. There's very, they're really corny puns in them, and they bring back uh, some old Looney Tunes characters from the vault. Like, there's the kangaroo. Okay, hippity hopper. Yeah. Yeah, there's 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 other characters as well. Like, there's references to like playing basketball again. It's 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 really good. It's really good stuff. And then they then they try to sell you on like 10 cent weekends. <laughs> like you can call your loved ones for only 10 cents a 
an hour or phone call. I forget what it was now. A minute? Nice. <laughs> Darn, I don't remember. So we had Space Jam, and then they were trying to make another Space Jam. Well, hang on. Before before you just skip over Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam came out. and yeah. 1996. I, and <laughs> in 1995, I would wear out the Twister VHS. Okay. Do you know the, why? I'm sure it had a Space Jam like trailer on it. It did. And I would watch that endlessly. And, you know, VHS was you couldn't rewind uh, unless you like stopped the tape entirely and then rewound to the beginning. And you couldn't go to a specific section. You just had to go all the way back to the beginning. So I knew as soon as the movie started, I needed to go back. And I just kept rewinding and rewatching the trailer for Space Jam as much as I could because I loved it so much. <laughs> but I'm sure you got it at, at a certain point. Like when you like press, you watch it, you press stop, you, re- you rewind and you start to like figure out like when you have to press stop and press play again to like make it rewind back to that perfect point at the beginning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I pretty much got it down to a science, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, for my eight-year-old self. <laughs> uh, but I grew up on the classics. I grew up on the the reruns on TNT and the ABC uh, Bugs Bunny and Tweety show. So like I was, you know, deep in, in the wool of like loving these characters and loving the, uh, the slapstick antics. And so whenever it was going to be on the big screen, I, I just couldn't wait. Cause I loved movies at that point and I loved going to the movies. So um, with, you know, uh, Looney Tunes, also Looney Tunes showed up on my Batman VHS, which with their little like catalog tie in of them trying to sell the Warner brother catalog. And that's right. I love those commercials. I forgot about those. They're so nostalgic. I never called that number. I never put in an order, but (laughs) I was really interested to, to, you know, know what that was all about. And uh, yeah, so they, they've been selling me merchandise for a really long time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Also, I mean, the Warner Brothers studio stores, like they, they, I mean, I'm sure they had all of your money back in the day too. Exactly. They had all all of mine. (laughs) And uh, so Space Jam came out. I had like all of the toys, all of the tie-ins, all of the, uh, the Warner Brother um, McDonald's tie-in merchandise and uh, Happy Meal toys. And, um, and then it came out on VHS. I went to the store that morning, the morning of its release. And I had it, I had the VHS in my backpack when I went to school that day. Oh no. And the, uh, my homeroom teacher was like, okay, class, we have 10 minutes. I don't have any more announcements. Does anybody have anything they want to present to the class or talk about? And I, I my hand immediately went up and I was like, I have Space Jam. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna hijack the TV and put this in. Yeah. We only got through the, the opening credits, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. All yeah. of the kids were like, how do you have this? And I was like, I... I have this. I love this. I am here. <laughs> I'm here to spread the joy. I am here for this. That's amazing. <laughs> so, we'll, like, so we'll back up now. We 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 did. It was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and then he blew up. And then they they actually had like I think it was like a Pontiac commercial with Mel Blanc and his son. And then Mel Blanc died before mm-hmm. the commercial was released. We didn't talk about that, but that's like, that's a fascinating subject as well. Like that commercial Oldsmobile vaults vaults. No, I don't remember. I think maybe it was Oldsmobile. I think it was Oldsmobile. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, then we had the space jam. Well, we had the Nike air Jordan commercials and then space jam. And then, uh, the MCI commercials kind of kept them in, in the limelight as well as the Warner brothers studio store, uh, and, I mean, Bugs Bunny was at the beginning, like, if you saw a Warner Brothers movie, chances are, especially it was family friendly, chances are Bugs mm-hmm. Bunny was like chomping down at his carrot with the Warner Brothers shield at the beginning. Um, and uh, the MCI commercials, but also uh, Kids WB came into prominence at around, I think, 96, 97. And they actually finally got Bugs Bunny into that fold as well. And then they chopped up the shorts and they made them into these different shows um i feel like daffy duck like just had like the daffy duck show or something like that i can't remember exactly um anyway at some point they combined them all and they made like the cat and bernie warner rooney do you remember this pinky brainy 
Uh, yes, Sylvester. No, that was already in there. Big cartoony <laughs> show. Warner Rooney. Yeah, yeah. It uh, was just a, a mishmash of everything that they owned. Yeah, yeah. A- anything that was like, yeah, they they're just all mushed together. I think it was Sylvester and Tweety mystery specifically for Sylvester and Tweety. Hmm. Yes, that was a that was a popular one as well. Yeah, yeah. And all those right. all can be found on HBO Max. Yeah, I wonder is Tasmania isn't on there, huh? I feel like the rights to Tasmania are screwy because I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't think they're on there yet. I think there are plans to put them on there. Okay, good. Because that was on Fox. That wasn't on Kids WB, like Fox Kids. Fox Kids, yeah. Yeah. yeah Which there's be- a lot of weird rights rights issues with that. Yeah, I'm sure. Just like the old uh, Batman 66 series. Like, they, like Fox made that, so they had to like work with them for a while. And they finally got merchandise released like right before Adam West died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how long it took. Um, that series isn't on HBO Max either, but I have the box set, so I'm good. Yeah, that, that'll <laughs> probably only be box set for a very long time. I'm, I'd be surprised if they make another deal to get that out there somewhere. Same. Yeah, digital rights are really weird. Yeah, and that's Disney and Warner Brothers like trying to figure out rights to something. I don't know if it's going to happen anymore. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, so... Um, that that was Space Jam, and uh, again, like these characters were kept in the limelight, and they were trying to pump out like a new movie, and they kept going to all of these celebrities, uh, well, all these um, like sports, yeah, sports stars, yeah, <laughs> aka athletes. I guess that is the proper term, not sports stars. Um, For the longest time, I just played in my head what it would be like if Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd went like on a bowling competition for some reason. I was wow. like, I really want them to go bowling. That was like, <laughs> so you wanted bowl jam. <laughs> I wanted bowl jam. Yeah. I mean, honestly, out of all of these, out of all of these, and there's race jam with Jeff Gordon, golf jam with Tiger Woods, spy jam with Jackie Chan, which uh, spy jam. Well, Jack, like Jackie Chan's not a sports star. He's not an athlete, but I guess like martial arts, I guess he is. Yeah. But spying is not, Martial art, whatever. It's close enough. That's somewhere in there. And then Skate Jam with Tony Hawk is the one that I would want to see the most. Like, I love those Tony Hawk video games, like, so much. Like, I think they're incredible. Oh, me too. I feel like they're not sports titles. They're more like platformers. Like, they're more in the vein of, like, Banjo-Kazooie than they are of uh, Madden. They're more in the vein of the Spider-Man 2 uh, GameCube game or... Was it GameCube? The, the first one that came out. Was it PlayStation 2? Um, even PlayStation 1 had the... Well, PlayStation 1 had the Neversoft Spider-Man games, and so it's the same company. If okay, that's what yeah. You're so, it, well, there you go. So it's the same company, and I feel like the dynamics of being Spider-Man and of being Tony Hawk are the similar. <laughs> Very true, yeah. I'm surprised Tony Hawk hasn't been in a, in a Spider-Man movie yeah, yet. Yeah, true. But yeah, I... I it's really interesting to go over the history of what could have been with these characters and these different sports. It's, it's just really bizarre. And I think some of the remnants of these can be found in other movies like Spy Jam. I feel like the accidental spy took some of those ideas because um, Jackie Chan is in huh. that. Is that a Warner Brothers film? I, I've, I've heard that they're like... I heard that I, I read once on um, I think it was like a Space Jam like like thing. And it said like uh, Jackie Chan was like going to do Spy Jam and it turned into this other movie. So, oh, OK, so it might have been that. Yeah, but then I looked up and I couldn't find like a Warner Brothers spy movie with Jackie Chan. I found like the movie Spy, but I think that's a different company. Right. I think it's just Spy. Uh, spy was. So there are two spy movies. Uh, there's one with uh, Jason Statham and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, that okay, was from, that's newer. Yeah, that was newer. And then there's one with Eddie Murphy, but I don't know what company put that out. Yeah. Um, maybe it's The Spy Next Door? Oh, I was thinking of I Spy. Oh. Uh, that's Eddie Murphy, Owen Wilson, Femke Jensen. Okay. It's the sp- that was from 2002. I think I'm thinking of The Spy Next Door from 2010, which I don't think is a Warner Brothers film. Oh, I see. Um, Lionsgate. <laughs> so who knows? 
Jackie, Jack, like, like, I mean, if they were to make Spy Jam, like, I think Spy Jam's a great term, but, like, Jackie Chan's name rhymes with that. So, like, you can do, like, Jackie Jam if you wanted to. <laughs> or you can do Spy Chan, which I really love as well. <laughs> That's it, though. Yeah, these are wacky. <laughs> yeah. So that th- this brings me to uh, my final thing, which is Varsity Bugs, which is a project that brian lynch wrote mm-hmm. um i wrote on my on my twitter account for this podcast um uh that i so said i wrote this uh it's pinned because like i think it's really important <laughs> no i just think this is i think this i think this they could actually do this like I, I think this is like a logical step for the next roger rabbit movie it's my idea for roger rabbit sequel which is so my idea for our Roger Rabbit sequel is that after an influx of 3D CG characters into Hollywood, the 2D Roger Rabbit is no longer popular. So he bands together with the older 2D animated characters and prove that they are still just as relevant. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that's a very logical progression for that franchise to take because it's very meta. I think that idea is like very meta in a simple way. So mm-hmm. I wrote that tweet on March 8th, 2019, and uh, Brian Lynch liked it. And if anyone doesn't know Brian Lynch, I, I don't know how familiar you are with him. Um, he wrote Secret Life of Pets 2. That's what most people know him for, and co-writing Minions. He also wrote, this is where I was first aware of him, he wrote the Angel comic book series after the fall, which is basically Angel season six. So I don't know how familiar you are with the Buffy, the Vampire Slayer universe. <laughs> Not very, yeah. but I do know of Angel, yeah. Which is very fair, yeah. It's a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a lot of stuff. So there's like the seven, there's the seven seasons of Buffy. There's the five seasons of Angel, and each one has like comic books that take place after, like seasons of comic books after. He wrote the first gotcha. like arc after, uh, after Angel ended. And so, um, and then I realized that he was from like Kevin Smith's wing where he, he was like the, um, he was the caterer, uh, in, on chasing Amy. So like he grew up in Jersey with Kevin Smith or around Kevin Smith and kind of came up in Hollywood with him. And, uh, he met like, he, he like wrote a Met a Muppets spec that, um, was like, I think it was just called like the next Muppets movie or something like that. But like it, it was, it was a big spec script that like actually got his wife, like his wife read the script. And then like years later was talking, was talking to him about the script that she like read. And he's like, actually that's mine or something. And then that's how they like fell in love. I don't know. So uh, like, <laughs> so Brian, Brian Lynch, he's like, he's, he's a big entity. Um, so he was, he's, written a lot of scripts for warner brothers i think in early 2000 he had a contract with them so he wrote a like wily coyote acme movie wily coyote versus acme and okay yeah yeah. and that's actually being made right now yeah a different script from his he revealed the end of his movie which is a very simple ending uh, maybe I don't want to spoil it, or maybe I do want to tell you right now it's it's don't tell me okay, I tell won't me. tell you, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, because the new movie might still end that same way, um but also so he he wrote that nothing happened with his version of it. He also wrote varsity bugs, so finally, obviously, on the day that they announced uh Space Jam a new legacy because Brian Lynch is not a stupid man, he retweeted my tweet, uh adding. That was actually the first 20 minutes of a movie I wrote called Varsity Bugs. After the failure of Golf Jam, the head of Warner Brothers replaces all the Looney Tunes with edgier CGI creations. Now, first, I think that's amazing. Uh, and Me too. Yeah, I wrote back, I hope that in the Varsity Bugs universe, if Golf Jam with Tiger Woods existed, then we also got Race Jam and Spy Jam. And I know like around this time, they weren't thinking of Skate Jam yet. Because Skate Jam was like, I think like a week before Back in Action was was about to hit theaters. I think they were like, if this movie hits, we're going to announce Skate Jam a week later. And then that didn't hit. And then they just didn't announce Skate Jam ever. But they like approached uh, uh, Tony Hawk f- about that, like just prior to that film. So you're telling me if I had seen Back in Action eight more times than I actually did, which was around five times, <laughs> we could have had Skate Jam? Yes, yeah, yeah. And you already have Race Jam. Like, Jeff Gordon's in that movie. So we almost have right. all of them. 
Like if we had varsity bugs too, if like if um if skate jam hit, then we got varsity bugs, we would have had that golf jam reference. We would have had it all. We would have had it all. What could have been? Yeah. Oh well. It's it's fine though. I think that uh I think we're getting back to like this golden age of Warner Brothers and, and the, the Looney Tunes and kids now are uh are realizing who the Looney Tunes are, even though network television has been lost to them. Uh, now they can go on HBO Max and watch the Cartoon Network channel. Then they can go over to the Looney Tunes station and check all that stuff out. So, well, that's the hope. We don't want to lose these characters to time, and uh, I think there's a lot to be proud of with you know what uh, these characters have established, and and it's important to see like. Uh, the ideas that are presented in who these characters are. It's really fun to, you know, see the different situations that they can get themselves into, but also uh, just laugh, you know, it's important to laugh. So yeah, they can, absolutely. they can be good for that, uh, you know, uh, escapism. For sure. So um, that's it. I mean, we, we've teased a lot of episodes. I mean, I think I'm definitely going to do like episodes and I know, I, I think you are too, for your podcast. Uh, oh, for epi- sure. Episodes about golf jam, race jam, skate jam, Jackie Chan jam, Jackie jam. <laughs> I think I'm going to do uh, an episode just based around all of the unproduced uh, ideas that evolved around not only this time, but through the entire history of these characters existing. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't even, I, I'm not even aware. I know that Tiny Toons was in production for a lot longer. And then like, it was something that Steven Spielberg like came into Warner Brothers and he's like, oh, that's a cool project. Can I see that? And then mm. they gave it to him. And then he, and and so I don't know. Uh, I don't know of other, if they've ever tried to get like a Bugs Bunny feature film off the ground before space jam though um i have a list somewhere of failed projects and i will have to do digging to find that list but once i do i can definitely oh of course uh let you in on some of the things that they uh they attempted and obviously you know for our listeners um have podcasts on them for sure that would be amazing. Yeah. But this episode specifically about the Nike Air Jordan commercials. And well, we covered both of them. And we still, there's still seven MCI commercials. There's a McDonald's commercial. There's a Gatorade <laughs> commercial. There's that Oldsmobile commercial. There's, and then there's all of the Looney Tunes shorts to cover, which I haven't even done yet on my podcast because I think it's more interesting to do these commercials totally right now. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of content out there right now, which I'm really yeah, happy about. For sure. No, so. and those new Looney Tunes cartoons are absolutely beautiful. They're like some of the great, like with some of the most beautiful like cartoons I've ever witnessed with my eyes. Yeah. And there's a lot of care and admiration that went into them. And I, I appreciate all of the homages to the classics as well as the new modern touches that they've added to them. And one of the best things about them is that they're storyboard driven. So it, it wasn't like a big uh, writer's room. It was individual artists and different teams that came up with these stories and they were, you know, drawing lead. And uh, that's it really shows. It really shows in the, uh, the final product, which you'll see on HBO Max or wherever you find them. Um, maybe they'll show on Boomerang or Cartoon Network at some point, but... But right now, just strictly on HBO Max is uh, the new Looney Tunes cartoon series. Yeah. Or the CW network or like True TV or something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That would be great. Yeah. Just throw them out there. They should, they should, they should literally. Well, do you know what Kevin Smith said he wanted HBO Max to be called? Uh,. No, it's just like, all of these like questions I'm asking you, not oh, expecting oh, you to actually, answer. Oh, actually, I do, I do, because I was listening to his podcast, and he said they should have called it Bugs. Yeah, just simply Bugs. I, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. I mean, I, I like, I would love that. I think they should have called it Warner Max with like mm. with HBO, you know. But yeah, I mean, they they do have a company called Warner Max within it that's making all like the. I think they're going to make like seven movies a year exclusively for HBO Max. So thank you. Okay, yeah. cool. They did make, they did use that term eventually. So it, yeah, it's a good term. Yeah. And it's better than what Conan O'Brien suggested HBO Max be called, which is stanky vision. 
because <laughs> the oh wow yeah because John Stanky is the president of 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 some part of Warner Brothers. <laughs> CEO, COO, he's one of them. He's one of those things. Very like super inside baseball. Yeah, very he, he's very important up there. <laughs> Stanky. <laughs> All right, well, this has been the 18WB podcast. Uh Jonathan, do you want to um do you have anything you'd like to promote? Anything you'd like to talk about? Yeah. Obviously your podcast yeah, I'll uh, give a shout out to my podcast. Um, it's over on the Podbean network, uh, podbean.com backslash this means podcast. You can also find it on all social media at this means podcast or this means pod on Twitter. And I'm the host over there, Jonathan Graves. I bring on other Looney Tunes fans to be my co host for different episodes. And we discuss news, we discuss the new cartoons, we discuss these characters and you know, what they mean to us. We discuss everything relevant within that loony land. And I also tie in the new, I guess it's not new anymore, but the uh, mobile app game, The World of Mayhem, and what's going on over there with these characters and how they're battling it out every every day that you play the That's game. That's true, so and it's a I, lot just, of fun. Uh, I just downloaded the game and I've been playing it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's like Pokemon. You have to collect all the different Looney Tunes, basically. And they have different like outfits and stuff. So they're different types. Right. So every character or every version of the character that they dress up as, there's another character in the game for that specific costume. And then they have different attributes as well. So it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of creatives over there that uh, I like working with as far as like promoting it and everything. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something to pass the time for sure. Yes, absolutely. Especially in uh, this chaotic world we live in. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I've always loved these characters. So I felt what better way to keep them in people's hearts than to talk about them on a weekly basis. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me on uh, your podcast. Uh, that was awesome. So definitely check that out uh so and vice versa thank you for having me on yours oh yeah take care and so this has been the at and wb podcast that's all folks this This has has been been a full dinosaur dinosaur production. production